And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, welcome to everyone. It is the Weighing In Podcast with my man, the real punk, Josh Thompson, and me. We are here to talk about what's coming up in combat sports, boxing, MMA, everything that we talk about. We talk about it all because it's all important stuff, and we have fun doing it. My man, what's up? How you doing? Stop some, Stop bootleg. Don't bootleg. Uh, I don't know what you're bootlegging. Boot, stop bootleg. Aloha, baby. Not my Hawaii, man. <laughs> we know what's going on in Hawaii, man. These people be out there bootlegging everything, taking all their, their land and their, their houses and making up in the prices. They Locals can't afford places, so just got to you know make sure we're out there supporting these guys. Got uh, it. Anyways. But, uh, yeah, so my, my friend's company, so, you know, they, they do some stuff. Alima Le likes them, too, so I like Alima Le. So, it's, you know, I got to throw, throw some support from, from my peoples. Got All right, um, John, we've got a lot to talk about in terms of fights, but we also got a lot to talk about. Uh, Michael Venom Page is calling out Podcast Dave, but <laughs> Michael Venom Page is also a little scared of his red belt because, you know, Podcast Dave's got a red belt in judo, which is truly ineffective in, in MMA. In it's, any kind of fighting form at in all. any kind of fighting whatsoever. <laughs> um, Since you know, there is no red belt. Yeah, he's got... <laughs> That's why uh, Kayla and I get. That's why I get along with Kayla so well. You know, it's just uh, um, you guys speak the same language, right? Yeah, yeah you guys speak the same, same language, language, judo language, judoka. Game, you guys speak game, judoka together. Game respects game. Game respects game. game. Respects oh game. Hey, I got one got question it. for you. Oh, seriously, yeah. Dave, just one question. Could you please answer it for me? All right, and no. you got to do it within the first three seconds. Okay. Who created judo? <laughs> Who created? You got? Yeah, John. which guy? Yes, God. Stop. Which country? Which country? Two, which country? Three. God, you can't God do it. Judo? God, God created judo. No, he did not. He did not. Yes. Jigaro Kano created judo, and you didn't know, and that shows and where, me all about your red and belt. What a legend. <laughs> where did he get it from? He thought you got it from He God. got it from jujitsu. <laughs> this is so great, so, man. That's all right, baby. I think it's absolutely amazing. Dude, Podcast Dave, you're a legend, bro. Oh, he's <laughs> awesome. You just said that. That's so funny. <laughs> Came from God. He knew that was the one answer that we could just skate by with. (laughs) He's like, whatever. God created it. God created the heavens and the earth. He created everything. That was brilliant. Brilliant. Well played. Well played, Troll. Well played, I mean, podcast, Dave. (laughs) Well played, Troll. All right. Well, hey, let's let's talk. uh, We're going to talk just the main event. There's only two other fights on the card for one championships. But also, Marcus Buchetra happens to be a friend of mine. And uh, I love everything he's been doing, man. He's done he's done his career right. He's one of the one of the best, if not the best, uh, grapplers in the game. Uh, it could be. It's arguably if he look. Was to he's say one of the Gordon Ryan. He's but one in of terms the, of gi, with, no with gi, a gi, different styles. With the Come gi, on. I think he's the best. He's with the gi, he's the best. Yep, and I think in a no gi, I think it's probably Gordon Ryan. Yeah, so I would agree. and Gordon's beating him. So I mean, like when you're turn, comparing, like and. Gordon, I don't want to say made it look easy, but Gordon had some good work in there at times that I was like, wow, how did you do that to Buchecha? So styles make matchups, but Gordon's a stud on the, with no gi. No and he can train. He's, he's good in the gi as well. Craig but Jones Buchecha, ain't bad I think either. Is, yeah, Buchecha in the gi is a stud, absolute animal. Oh, so. my God, yeah. This show is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. John, MyBookie.ag. This week, what do we have? we got Holly Holm versus Ketlin Vieira. That should be a great fight. Vieira... Having to close that distance, press Holly home to the fence, try to get that fight to the ground. 
I'm telling you guys right now, that has been very hard to do for almost anyone against Holly Holm. She is a stud. The footwork, the movement, the jab, the sidekick, the oblique kick, all of those things available to Holly Holm. The odds on that fight, you guys check it out at mybookie.ag. There's a ton of other good fights on there as well. And I want to just be honest, use our promo code Wayne in. We will give you guys a little bit of extra spending cash if you guys on your first initial buy-in, if you guys use our promo code Wayne in. There's a QR code right there that Podcast Dave's going to pop up for you. Boom. There it is. Use that QR code. Type in our Wayne in podcast, uh, our Wayne in promo code, and you'll get additional, 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 additional money or additional, your, additional <laughs> money with your first initial buy-in at mybookie.ag look he's fighting uh hugo kana uh i don't know if that's how you say his last name but i have seen hugo fight one time okay he's not bad he's got decent stand-up he's got decent grappling but it's nowhere near as good as marcus it's not as good as buchecha not even close don't even look at it that way and when you look at yeah he won't even be able to survive that's that big of a difference and when you look at the size though too right they might both be big but look at body styles. I understand what most you know, we can't judge a book by its cover when it comes to the body styles. But, but you are. I, I try. I, tr- I am. I am in this situation. <laughs> but when I look at Buchecha, right, like, and I've trained with him several times, he is one of those guys that you think to yourself, "How do you get a body frame that big to move like that?" It, this is very much how I looked at um, um, Bobby Lashley when Bobby Lashley came out of Missouri Valley and was wrestling uh, out of there. I was just like, what in the, f- how in the hell are you 214 pounds? You look like, and he was wrestling at he least He looks like 211s. he's 260. He looks like he's 260. Yeah. I was like, first time I met him, I asked him if he was 240. He's like, no, no. He's like, I'm only like 219. I was like, what the f-? I mean, he's got chicken legs, though. He got like, he, has, he used to have chicken calves. I don't know Not if he's anymore. working on made He may have chicken Not calves. Not anymore. He's big, man. Yeah. So... Overall, look, I look at Buchecha and I think the same thing about, I used to think about Bobby Lashley. How do you get so much athleticism in a body built like that? You know what I mean? Like normally you have big guys that are built like that. They're not the most limber. They're not the most um, mobile. They're, you know, they can't, I mean, the way he jumps past guards, the way he's able to maneuver around, he stays up on his feet. He is extremely, extremely talented and athletic, you know, for such a big body. So, I mean, I'm looking for him to probably get, he's got pretty decent wrestling too. It's not great. But it's definitely better than he's not bad. No. Yeah, it's not bad. So if I see this fight hitting the ground, you know, and once this fight hits the ground, which it will hit the ground, once this fight hits the ground, it's gonna be all over. It's gonna be all well, over. I give it, it's gonna I give hit it the, maybe. Yeah. It's gonna hit the ground one of two ways. Either it's Hugo lands a big shot, hurts Marcus, puts him down, mm-hmm. and finishes him, maybe finishes him with the one shot, or Marcus takes the fight to the ground and he submits Hugo. But it's uh Look, you got to figure, and this is where you get into those things where people say, oh, he should be fighting, you know, bigger names and stuff. It's like, dude, he's got two fights. Slow play him. I don't care what he's done in jujitsu. It's a different sport. You can't sit there and expect him to be great at MMA because he's great in jujitsu. It is a different world. It's a different sport now. You can't go back to the 1990s. You know, that was back then, not now. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. Like, he came and trained with Kane and all of us at AK. So he was there for Kane and uh, DC, but mainly Kane because Kane had a fight coming up, I think, uh, with Verdum, and he came to train. That would be a good and, person. Um, yeah, so he brought Buchecha, and he had a hard time with guys that were striking him. And, I mean, I'm talking guys that were like 170, 180, 185, you know, and he was a big guy. He's 225, 235 at the time. 
you know. So I mean, he's a lot bigger now. I think he's about two forty. Yeah, as I say, he's up to um, two fifty. But yeah, but in that in this whole in this whole conversation, that he was having a hard time with a guy striking. So I think he's spent a lot of time getting ready for <clears throat> for these fights, understanding what it takes to what techniques he can use that that are in his toolbox so, while he's still getting punched. Which ones are effective? Which ones are not? And so this is a good chance. This is a good opportunity for him to be slow played, but also be able to take some shots. Look. He is he's extremely talented and I'm looking forward to seeing how his progression is in the sport. And I think one will slow play him. They just signed his head coach, uh, Leo Vieira, who happens to be my head coach as well. And um, he's he's an ash. He's he is hands down the best guy I've ever grappled with in my life. And for being such a little firecracker, you know, he's probably only five, six, maybe five, seven. But he is maybe so five, five. Good. Yeah, he he, <laughs> he might be that five. He might be five. I was trying, trying to give my to boy kind. some credit. You're trying to be kind. I was trying to be kind. He's he's a small guy, but man, yes, he is man, so good. good. I've seen him roll with guys like Puchecha, um, <clears throat> uh, Philip Pomosky, Lucas Leitch, you know, Lapella, you know, Palito, all the top level guys, you know, around the world, you know, at the time. But um, he's really good. Uh, Leo is so. Absolute stud. Anyways, uh, look out. Check that fight out. Dave, is that on the 20th, which is Friday? Friday, yeah. So, But they are a day behind, right? They're behind us. They're not ahead of us. Um, They're actually ahead of us. Singapore is ahead by like, I don't know, 20 hours or something like that? Okay, okay. So then that's where the clock restarts because then it goes to Japan and then Japan's behind us. Right? Are Japan's behind us or ahead of us? Uh, It's hard to say because it's like, oh, a, a, a... all of Asia's ahead. Day John. behind, eight hours ahead, or something like that. I don't know. Got it. Okay. What a crazy All right. Thing. All right. Let's move on. We're going to talk about what's next there, Dave. Uh, we got Eagle okay. FC 47. Ooh. Actually, this is a, a good, good card. card, John. Actually, a really good card. I'm pumped for it. Yeah. I mean, the, the main event with Junior Dos Santos against Jorgen. Jorgen's a dude, he's got power. You're talking about a guy that's going to walk in there and he's going to throw freaking missiles at you. And if one touches. Junior's going to be in trouble because he's got that kind of power. He can hurt, hit you with one shot and change the whole fight. But if you're going to look at pure boxing skills, Junior Dos Santos is the guy that's got better technical boxing skills. He's the guy that can move better. He's got power in his hands, so he can hurt DeCastro also. It's just that he's got to be very careful, especially of the right hand of DeCastro. Yeah, I think Junior can can hurt him. I think for sure Junior can get him out of there, but Junior could also be put to sleep, put Put, put to sleep as well. So when I'm looking at this fight, though, you look at DeCastro. He will try to walk Junior down and land the big shot. He will yeah. just barrel his head in there. He'll try to let you hit the top of his head as he, throws, as he throws his shots. But he will slow down. He is not the same fighter in the second round. He doesn't come throwing the same heat as he did in the first two and a half minutes of the first round. True point. So he will slow down. So if Junior can survive that first two and a half, three minutes of the first round, that onslaught, that I think the longer the fight goes, I think the experience of junior of fight, fighting in the higher level of competition will definitely pay pay a factor. Yeah. So I think it'll pay its uh, it'll definitely play a factor. I should say not pay a factor, play a factor. Well, it could be either system. way. You could pay it or play it. Doesn't matter. Yeah. So junior is. I was surprised because I thought he was going to head to boxing. Well, he was. I I heard he was heading to Triller because he had that fight with. Um, who the hell was he going to fight? Um, I thought he was going to fight Kovalev Pulev. or whatever. Pulev. Pulev? Pulev, Pulev. right? And, Did that uh, fight never happen? Thank God, no. <laughs> I'm just being honest, man. I, don't I know, to, like, man. I, you know, 
nothing. If it was an MMA fight, I'd feel yeah. the same way. If I was a Pulev fight fan, I mean, let's just be honest. But in the you know in a boxing basic boxing, I don't care. Triller changed the rules a little bit, but still, it's it's basic boxing. You're talking about Pulev being a guy that just recently had fought for the goddamn heavyweight championship of the world. Yeah. He's not a scrub, and he's not a guy past his prime. So this is way better for you know Junior. I think this is a good matchup. This is one that he can definitely win, and I think you're absolutely right. He needs to use his footwork, be in and out, be careful in the very first you know round of the fight. You know, know that you've got you know all kinds of time to put him away. And realize that cardio is your friend while it's not your opponent's friend. So use that sucker. Yeah, I agree. What's the next fight on there, Dave? Can you scroll down? Hector Lombard against Ooh. Thiago Silva. That's when was when was Go the ahead. last time Thiago fought? You know, I don't know. I was doing his fights when he was in Russia. We, I did. He was he was fighting for ACB, and I was doing some mm -hmm. of his fights. And uh, I mean, he's still dangerous. He's got fucking power in his kicks. He's still got you know power in his hands, but his kicks are so freaking hard. But it's just body frame wise, he's a lot bigger than Hector Lombard. Yeah, a yes. lot bigger. Now I, this I know is a two hundred five. That's why I'm saying, you know, Hector's a, Hector is a guy that can fight at one seventy. Yeah. Okay. He fights at one eighty five. You know, was the champion for a while at one eighty five, and he's he's a stud. But at two hundred five, man, mm -hmm. body frame wise. Thiago Silva's way bigger than Hector. Yeah. Yeah, I look at, look, Hector's got the dog in him. Oh. So does Thiago. Thiago yeah. Silva's a dog also. Like, that's one of the biggest things that I liked about him when he was back in the UFC. He was nasty, man. He was one of those guys. Yeah, he was mean. Yeah. Like, when you said you see guys, and I've met him out too, he's super nice. Oh, yeah. But there's guys that have those switches. You used to talk about Carlos Condit all the time. He's just like the guy in the cage is not the same guy you meet outside the cage. No. They are just different people. And to me, Tiago seems like one of those guys. Same thing with Hector, though. Hector oh. in the gym, total asshole, from what I understand. Everyone said, like, <laughs> well, it's hard to train with him. He's not Body nice. slams. Try. He's not nice to his training partners. No, he's trying to knock him out. But then when you meet him, right? I've, I've oh. hung out with him a couple of times in Vegas, and it's like, Hector Damn, Lombard what? is one you of the nicest so guys, man. Yes. He's a great guy, man. I love the guy. He's a, he's a sweetheart of a human being. But yeah. if you if you bring in the fighting element close to him, and he's whether it's training or the real fight, stand back. He's going to go. I love it. I love it, man. Yeah. I love it. He's that guy. I, what I love is that guys like him, right? Even the same thing with Masvidal, with the, with the Leon thing. And I know, like, it was kind of a bad look at, on the sport. But look. God, people are going to remember that when you're talking to fighters, there's a time and a place for it. I get it. But th there's a thin line between overstepping. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's oh, a thin yeah. line between overstepping of, hey, <clears throat> I'm cool, I'm cool, I'm cool. But then it ends up with a two-piece Minnesota, like like Masvidal <laughs> said. And Hector did that in the in right after one of his fights, there, his next opponent, which he ended up losing to, I believe he fought. But there was one guy stepped in, said he wanted to fight him, and Hector hit him, bop, bop, real quick. Like, nah, we're going to fight right now. Why wait? Yeah. So that's kind of what you're going to get from certain people. Yeah. Hector's obviously one of those guys. Uh, the next do, fight on there. Do you, oh, you, do you remember when Hector confronted Tyron? No. He, he walked right up to Tyron Woodley and said, hey, motherfucker, we're going to fight right now. Let's go. <laughs> Tyron's like, what the fuck? Dude, what are you talking about, man? Hey, 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 hey. It's like, well, what happened? 
Why? Uh, they trained together at ATT, right? Yeah, they did. Oh, but there man. was a a situation with a person of mm. the other sex. No. Wasn't a good situation. Eek. Eek. Oh, yeah. Not a good thing to get into. No. Uh, it's never that good. Okay, uh, Roosevelt Roberts versus Alexander uh, Almeida. That's a good fight, man. Almeida used to you know, fight a lot for, uh, at the time, it was World Series of Fighting. Good fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, good jiu-jitsu. Roosevelt Roberts coming from the UFC. Very explosive in the stand-up. Ground sometimes becomes the problem. Going against Almeida, he wants to keep it on the feet because if he doesn't, he's going to find himself in trouble against a guy with the skill set of uh, Almeida. And then Jason Knight making his return to MMA. I like My that. And then- Dude, I, I like Jason Knight. Man, you talk about just a – here it comes. He's a freaking junkyard dog. Yeah, that dude. That dude is – is you talk about a junkyard dog. A dog, that's the one you put into that area. It's your area. It's fenced off. He can't go anywhere. But if you decide to come into that area and decide that you're going to do something you're not supposed to be doing, that junkyard dog is going to bite you. Hello. Welcome to the world of Jason Knight. He's going to try to bite you. I love him. I love him, man. He's just a fighter. The, yeah, that's called being in that area. That's not. That's what you're doing. You're not supposed to be in there. That's there why he's in the junkyard. That's right. The junkyard is his area. Do not that's, come here. That's, that's right. what it means. That's right. And so anytime Jason Knight fights, he's definitely meant to be fireworks. His <sighs> fight, his first uh, BKB fight was oh. fucking awesome. Yeah, dude. Against uh, Artem, uh, Artem Lobov. Artem Lobov. <laughs> that was, yeah, it goes down Unbelievable. to Unbelievable. Probably one of the best, I think, one of the best BKB fights that we've seen so far to this day. I'm going to tell you, I think it was probably the best. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Unbelievable. Great Those fight. Guys great fight. beat the shit out of each other. I don't know how they were both standing. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, now, you know Maki Patolo. Uh, I don't know him, even though he's from Hawaii. And then Douglas Usher. You know him? I do know Douglas Usher. Look, Maki Patolo, the only problem with Maki is he's fighting in middleweight. Maki... Many times fought at welterweight, but he's, I mean, he can fight at middleweight. I think he's done it in the past, but he's not that big a guy, but man, he's a gamer. He's going to come after him. You know, Maki fought, Maki fought for Bellator in Hawaii, fought for the UFC recently. Um, he got, I think he got a win right away and then he a couple of losses and he, but he's just a tough dude. He just comes to, he's going to, he's going to be there to scrap. Usher's going to be a guy that's going to, he'll stand with him for a while. He's gonna feel some of the uh, heat of Patola. He's gonna be, he's gonna end up trying to take Patola to the ground. We'll see what happens with that. It's not that Maki is uh, the best wrestler, but he's not bad. And so that's a really it's a that's a well matched fight. That that one is one that I look at and I go, either guy can win that. I want to point this out, you guys. <clears throat> so Maki fought at one seventy, right in Bellator. He fought at one seventy in the UFC. Mm-hmm. These fighters, when they leave, let's say other organizations that are considered top organizations, Eagles. I think Eagles doing a great job. By the way, this is a this is a fantastic card. What happens is, is they think that they can get away with the skills that they had when fighting in the other, but just go up and wait because ah, oh, you know what? Why would I kill myself to cut the weight? I can still beat these guys. I'm better than them. This is how you avoid getting back into those other bigger organizations by doing things like this. No. It doesn't matter what you do. Stay on task. Your task is to stay at the weight you're going to continue to fight at. Keep making that grind. Keep keeping your weight down. 
and keep focusing on where you want to be. Where do you want to be? You don't want to be fighting at 185 in the UFC. You'll get fucking crushed. You don't want to be fighting at 185 in Belgium. You'll get fucking crushed. Stay at the weight class that you're going to be fighting those guys because what happens is you try to drop the weight and get back into the, those organizations. Sure, maybe you get a win or two at 185. Let's say you do. Then you get to 170, you go back in there. Those guys are faster. Those guys are more technical. Those Now you're dealing with people that are better than you, and yet you had to drop the weight. Don't do that. Stay on task. And your task is to keep the weight. Treat this as if it's a job. This is how you avoid getting back into the big into the bigger organizations is by not, not working on what you need to work on. I need to work on keeping my weight down. I need to work on getting better. I need to work on my grappling. Go back and watch the fights that you lost at the weight class you want to compete at. And fix those problems. Don't go up and wait thinking you're going to fix them. That's not going to fix them, my friends. So, and look, I understand with Tiago, he's not, he's not, I don't think he's welcome back to the UFC because they cut him a long time ago for some stuff yeah, that happened. Yeah, there was- and then Hector, I think he's kind of like, you know, with them, they, he's kind of aged out um, UFC. You know, but I mean, like, if you're talking about certain fighters, Jason, Jason Knights used to fight at 35. Didn't he fight at 25? No. No. Who, who fought uh, Demetrius? Who fought DJ? That was the real scrappy. Uh, Elliot. Tim Elliot. Sorry. Oh, I got Tim him. Elliot? I get, I get yeah. Tim Elliot and him mixed up a little bit. Yeah, no. Yeah. So Jason Knight was at Bantamweight or Featherweight always? Uh, no, he was at Lightweight most of the time. He went to Featherweight, I believe, but in Lightweight most of the time. No, he's at Featherweight for this fight. Yeah. Yeah. But my point is, is try to maintain what your what your what weight you choose to fight at in the other organizations as well the bigger organizations. well i mean I, maki patola did fight at middleweight in the ufc because he went up in weight to take the fight but mm-hmm. most of the time his his weight i think and i, I think there might there might have been weight issues as far as he's having a hard time making it you know that that's that 15 pound jump that's a big ass jump yeah, that gives true. you so i can understand him doing it but He's a fun. He's a fun fighter. The next one you have is Sedano against Islam Mamadov. What do you think? Look, I've trained with Islam. I know Islam a lot. That's I know I how good you. he is. He's fighting for Bellator right now. Bellator was able to release him. <clears throat> I not release him. Not they release let him. him go so he could. Yeah, we didn't release him. Um, they allowed him to fight in Eagle because obviously the connection with Khabib. <clears throat> um, he's managed by Ali, and. I like that Coker allowed him to go do this. I think it's good. It keeps him active, keeps him busy. Let's give him an opportunity to work on the things he needs to work on, you know, while this is all, while, while he's not being used in Bellator. That being said, you have a guy who is ranked, I'd say, in the top six, I think, something like that, in Bellator. I think he's ranked, in, he just had his first loss. Um, so, well, first loss in Bellator. First or second? I think it second was loss overall. Second loss overall. Okay. Yeah. His first loss in Bellator. What I don't get is if you have a guy who is highly ranked that you're allowing to go somewhere else, there needs to be some sort of stipulation that, hey, he cannot fight any lower than the co-main event. He's got to be the co-main event. Just my personal opinion. Like, you can't have your guys in another organization that's not as big as your organization, who is ranked in your top five or six, is now fighting number two on the card. (laughs) It, it doesn't do you any good, you know, and that's that's going to have to be addressed, I really believe. And I, I got a lot of respect for for uh, Islam. I got a lot of respect for Khabib and all the guys that are running this promotion. I love this card that you guys are doing. I think it's absolutely amazing because especially you guys got you guys got good fights on there. You know, Hector and Tiago is going to be a fucking barn burner of a fight. 
Although um, there are only seven that. seven fights on the card. You're right. So, but that but Islam needs to be higher up. If you're gonna if you're gonna loan your fighters to someone else's organization that's not as big as yours, you need to be able to say, hey, this needs to be a co-main event. This fighter needs to be a co-main event. That's reasonable. I think it's reasonable. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of where I'm at with that situation. But, but again, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch his again, own fight. If you're Eagle, do you want someone being able to dictate where you put your fights? You don't want that. Look, it would be different if Islam wasn't managed by Ali and also with in, in one of Khabib's main training partners. It'd be different. Like when they, you know, they would come together. It, Islam was at AKA pretty much every time that Khabib was there. They would always train together. You know, grappling partners, sparring partners, technique partners, all of those things, you know, along with Islam, uh, Makachev and, you know, and Abu Bakr and little Umar and all these other, you know, like this is somebody that he puts high on a pedestal to look after. You saw him when he was in, in big danger in the guillotine against uh, Benson. You saw the look on his face, hands down, saying prayers, got out, boom, super excited. He's that kind of guy, Khabib is. So this is a little, I think for... I'm not saying they need to dictate it, but they, sh if you have a guy that's in the top five or six, you should be able to say, "Hey, we don't need to loan him to you. We are, we want to. Yeah. But let's make a, let's make an agreement. It's fair. Let us help. Let's let us help us promote our fighter, you know, and keep them high on a pedestal because they are highly ranked. And uh, and he's your friend too. You should be trying to get him a little bit higher up on the card. Look, if you <laughs> wanted to put him right below, if you wanted to put him right below Tiago and Hector, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. You know. All right, um, let's talk about, let's jump right into uh, into the, the UFC. UFC. UFC is this weekend. Yep. Ah, Holly, make it a return. Back. She's, she's back. fucking shredded, dude. She I saw some pictures stud. of her recently, too. She's fucking shredded. She's 40 it's, years it's, old, it's man. In, she's over 40, right? Is she over How old 40? is she? I think she's 42. Damn. 41 or 42. Damn. She's 40. Oh, She'll be 40. 41 in October. Ah, October, man. okay, okay. Because I was just, talking uh, with uh, what's her name? I was talking with uh, Arlene Blanco. I thought yeah. she said she was forty-one, and I thought I thought I was assuming forty-two soon. My assumption. Bad you know assumption. what they say about assumptions, my Bad friend. Assumption. Do not assume. Yep. Fucking just made an ass out of myself. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, hey, let's uh, let's jump into this. So, Kaylin Vieira versus Holly Holm. I mean, look, it doesn't matter who you put against Holly Holm. She is a bad style matchup for almost anyone. Yeah. There's certain fighters that she's had problems with, sure, but she's a bad style matchup for anyone. Um, she has slowed down a tiny bit, but yeah. her output hasn't slowed down. She's still got a ton of output. And she's so yeah. if Kaylin can't get her pressed to the fence to slow her down, but she's also Holly's gotten really good at turning people off the fence. Mm -hmm. If you recall the cyborg fight. She did a good job of pressing Cyborg to the fence and holding her there as well as turning her to keep her there. Same with Jermaine. Exactly. I mean, I look at Holly. She's made such huge gains. Someone You can tell that when someone is very focused on their craft and making themselves better every single time, yeah. I'm excited to see what she brings to the table um, after this. It's been a long layoff, you know, and what how she's changed her game a little bit. What How is she going to make those changes? Now, remember, there are fighters that when they get older in age – like we talked about Michael Johnson the other night. Do you slow the output down and focus more on a little bit more power and sitting down on your punches and using your footwork to set up more strikes so you don't slow down because she's 40 years old? You know, um, and the fight, you know, as the fight goes on, you're less likely to be taken down and or clipped or knocked out. 
Because the age makes a difference. I don't care what anyone says. Your chin's no, not. It does. The it age does. makes a difference. The chin, the chin starts getting affected. The speed and the countering of you starts getting affected. You're getting hit with shots that you didn't used to get hit with. All of those things make a difference. So, yeah. well, I think the big thing here is, first off, Kaylin Vieira is not that fast of a fighter. You know, her her last fight no. was against Misha Tate, and Misha. Yeah. Actually did fairly well on the feet, if you recall. Against John, pull that microphone to, towards you a little bit, will you, please? Sorry about that. There you go. How's that better? Much better. So Thank you. I think that speed-wise, yeah, Holly's 40. She's still way faster. She's yeah. a faster fighter. She's very difficult to track down. Her footwork and the angles that she creates and the movement that she has makes her very difficult for you to be able to set your feet and throw power against her. Yeah. So you've got to decide not to. I just want to keep touching, try to touch her. She's very good at hiding her kicks. She brings kicks in very well throughout it. If I look at this fight and I go, look, there's there's one place for Caitlin Vieira to win this fight. That is on the ground. She's not going to outstrike Holly. Holly's just better in the stand-up by far. So then comes the question, how many people have you seen take Holly to the ground? Very it's rare. not it's not an easy thing to not do. Exactly. No. And so I look at this and I think, you know, just functionally as you look at them as fighters and where they're strong and where they have, you know, the ability to win this fight, I look this is gonna be a very tough fight for Vieira. She's gonna have to really work her butt off to, you know, do like you said, put her against the cage, slow her down, try to beat her up with some dirty boxing, maybe get the takedown there. But it's not going to be an easy task, and she's going to have to do it for multiple rounds when she doesn't have that unbelievable wrestling. You know, if it was Sarah McMahon, possibly I'd say, yeah, she, she's got a real good chance of taking her to, to the ground. She's got that ability to use that wrestling. She doesn't have that kind of wrestling. I think this is a, a really tough fight for Vera to win. I think Holly Holmes should definitely be the favorite. I think she's, uh, she's got the skill set, and matchup-wise, this works for her. Yeah, there's certain fighters that I put in that category that can do what they're doing for a long period of time. And the reason why I say that is you, and I'm going to say this now, is you have, <clears throat> I use Leota Machida as one, Stephen Thompson, MVP, Holly Holm, maybe Alfie Davis a little bit. He stands a little bit more, but like in terms of, I mean, like he doesn't use as much footwork. Those four fighters that I just mentioned, they're never off their bikes. Yeah. They're always moving. They're always creating angles. They're always in a in a bladed stance. Yeah. They're less likely to be hit and kicked and all those things. They're always throwing in their counter strikers. They can be offensive as well and pushing the on you, but they're also counter strikers because they know that they're faster than you. Her, she knows she's pretty much longer than almost anyone she fights. So when you go to step in, she's quick on the side kick. She's quick on the, the side kick to the thigh. That'll bleed kick. She's really good at her timing, and she understands. I think she, from a young age. She understood what she was born to do. <laughs> and I think once you realize that, like she's just dedicated every single moment of her life to this. At 40 years old, man, she's still fucking ripped abs, shoulders, veins coming out of her shoulders. I mean, she's she's an animal. She is a cardio freak from what yep. I understand. Everyone I've talked to at the gym goes, she never gets tired, ever. She's just go, go, go. Let me do more bag work. Let me do more mitt work. Let me do more runs at the track. Let me do, she's an animal. You know, and 
I think it shows in her longevity in this sport, not just this sport, but also boxing, kickboxing, all the other things she did before. She's a stud. So I agree with you, though, John. This is going to be a very hard fight for Vieira. The speed's definitely going to be a, fa a factor. Um, I feel like Misha could have beat Vieira had she been a little bit bigger. She was way smaller than Vieira. Vieira's a big girl. She's yeah. not a small girl. Yeah. And so that right there but is But they match up well her. as far as Holly and her. Because Holly's uh, a big oh, girl. Vier yeah. Oh, Vier yeah, in terms of size, yes. But yep. they don't match up well in terms of technique. No. You know, I don't look at that. And I also look at the fighters that have been able to take Holly down. I mean, it's been well, Misha was one. far between. You yeah. Know, let's just be honest. Misha had the second round, you know, where she did really well. She got her down. She did, had great positioning. She did great work. And then she got the fifth round where she got the finish when Holly was the champion. But Holly learned from it, too, and she's gotten better with her takedown yeah. defense and everything. So she's a more difficult person to put in that situation now than she was back then. I would absolutely agree. I would absolutely agree. This can be a good fight, though. I think it that is. Holly's going to be able to to outpoint her, and potentially, if she if she's able to catch her stepping in, potentially get the finish. Yeah. Um, Ponzinibbio versus ooh, that should be a fun fight. Michelle Pahia. <laughs> should be a fun. Should be a crazy <laughs> fight. By the way, it should be a crazy fight. Every fight with um, Pahia is a crazy fight. Pahia's going to be crazy, bouncing all around. Maybe a little less movement now that he's getting a little bit older. No, he's going to be. He'll, be, he'll still be bouncing off the fence, doing all these things. Um, and then Ponsonibio, I know he's getting older as well, but the two of them together is going to make for a fun fight. Ponsonibio is going to walk him down, try to land the big shots. He will still be there in the third round if this fight goes to the third round. And Pahea does know has been known to slow down because of all the movement and the rapid movement. If he does slow down too much, Ponsonibio has been known to get knockouts in the third round or finishes in the third round because... Of the way he pushes the pace, he takes shots, he he can take damage, and he comes forward. I look for that that type of fight to happen. No, nah, if you're if you're Ponzinibbio, you got to look at this fight and say, you know what, I just need to cut angles on him, slow his movement down, make him go into my power, because Pehea is going to start to try to go away from. Him. He's going to go towards the left hand of Ponzinibbio. Ponzinibbio needs to cut that angle off, make him circle back towards that power side, and then use it. You know, find those opportunities to let it go. Mm -hmm. But like you said, if you're Ponzinibbio, you want to make him work. You want to make him push past that comfort zone. Yeah. In, in his last fight, though, he you know he didn't tire out. He looked good throughout, and no, so he he's did. getting better. You know, he had those moments when, especially when he was doing all the other, you know, the the backflips back and everything that he's doing. You can't do that shit. That's not you know gonna work for you most of the time, and it's burning a ton of energy. I think he learned from it. He lost a fight that you know he never should have lost against Connolly, based upon you know all that crap. Well, he slowed himself down as a fighter, and and he's not getting as tired. But even with that, if I'm Ponzinibbio, I want to push the pace on him. I want to put put him in a position where he is at least slowing down and setting his feet. Then he becomes a much easier target. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, look, we're all both of us are big fans of Chidi and Chikawani. Uh Super talented. Chitty, chitty, bang, bang. Chitty, chitty, bang, bang. Uh, he's fought in Bellator before. He's uh, He's got his win in UFC. Can tip my hat to him. Congratulations to him. And uh, But he's fighting Dusko. Dusko, he's someone who just, I didn't know how you say his last name, so I'm going to call him Dusko. Um, he just walks forward, though. He is a lot slower than Chitty, but most people are, just so we're clear. Okay, uh, Dusko is going to walk forward. He's going to take shots. He will take one to deliver one. 
He's a tough kid. I don't know if he's going to be able to get Chitty down. I think he will try to get this fight to the ground once he realizes, yeah, he's got to. Because on the feet, it's not going to go well for him. No. The speed's going to be a, a, a disadvantage for him. I think the reach might even be a disadvantage oh, for him. Oh, it's absolutely. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, Tedrusco's Tedrusco's a big guy, though, John. He's strong. He has a baby type. He has a baby look to him. He's, he's strong. Head, he's, baby physic face. he's physically got, you know, a, a big body frame. But he doesn't have the stand-up skills to stay with Chidi. And no. so, look, his way is close that gap, get into the clinch, make Chidi fight in that clinch, in that dirty boxing realm, fight in a phone booth because it takes away the kicks of Chidi. It takes away his length. This is a fight that either guy can win. Chidi, if it stays on the feet and it stays at length, Chidi's going to pick him apart and annihilate him. If it gets into that phone booth fight, it's even... I say that, you know, that's exactly where uh, Dusko wants the fight. And if it hits the ground, then it definitely goes into Dusko's favor. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It, Chitty, though, is, he's look, he's been fighting guys like Paul Daly has. Fighting guys that all they've ever done in their career is trying to take him down. Oh, yeah. So Dusko's going to have to bring something to get him down as best he can. And he's going to have to bring something he hasn't seen before. Because he's going to be real quick at keeping his back off the fence. He's going to be good at... When he is against the fence, he can be good at shoving the head down or lifting the underhooks, circling you off, doing some knees, and he'll he will deliver strikes on the break. Oh, That's yeah. the one thing he does very well. They make sure that you pay for trying to press him to the fence. Yeah. So that that makes for a fun fight. Well, just Pollyanna, take, a, take a look at the record. We're looking yeah. at you know a guy close to thirty fights and a guy with close to thirteen fights. Yeah. That's a big difference. It's a big difference in that Chidi's been around. He's been around the block a couple times. You know, I know. Because he was, he you know, he he won the fight on the contender series, and they're, they're looking for new talent. He's not a new talent, no. Okay, he's been around, and he's been around the block a lot. Everyone knows him, but he is a guy that has gotten better with time. Yeah. And because everyone used to take him down, that was the way to beat him. And uh, he's a stud. I I, I I did a fight with Cheedy back when he fought uh, Alan Jobe. Uh -huh. It was he was Alan's first loss. It was up at Tachi Palace. You know, and it was, it was the first time I ever ref cheated. I said, dude, that dude's fast. Dude, John out here dating himself real quick. No, dude, I was totally <laughs> dating myself, but, you know, it was a, uh, he was fast. Because, you know, Joe Bain was fast, and Cheedy was faster. It was like, damn, this yeah. dude's fast. Joe Bain's a stud, man. Joe Bain's an absolute stud. Uh, Pollyanna Viana versus uh, Tabitha Ritchie. Um, I don't know anything about Tabitha Ritchie, but Pollyanna Viana is, is a stud. She's young. She's she's very active all the way around. She's going to be a top talent, I think, here pretty shortly. But they need to slow play her a little bit. She's got a lot of experience. She needs, she needs to get more experience against higher-level competition. I think, I think, I think, I think you're talking about Ricci can, right now because she's good, too. She's good? Yeah, I she's don't know anything good. about her. She's, they okay, need to slow play her. I think this is a great matchup. You know, Ricci is – she's tough. So this is this is a pick and fight. Click on Pollyanna Viana. I know she's cute. I know that. <laughs> I know, but, but she she's up. Uh, she had a loss though to someone just uh, I think recently. Three losses in a row. No, uh, three losses in a row. Who did she? Oh, JJ Aldridge. Aldridge. I, I saw the JJ Aldridge one, and then um, but then she beat uh, Whitmire, and then she beat Mallory. These are all That's old, though, Josh. These are all. No, no. I know. I understand that, but I saw her Mallory fight because uh, Emily. Yeah, I know her pretty well, and then Mallory also. You it was. Um, Used to train AK a little bit here and there, but she was uh she was dating uh Duran Wynn for a while. Mallory was. So uh those were I remember watching those two fights. Yeah. She's tough, man. 
We'll but see. go go ahead and pull up Richie right real quick. John over here siding against me. I'm just to gonna a, like, to take a argument. look, man. I'm telling you, she's good. She's Ooh, tough. Wow. So the baby shark, baby on, shark, baby do, shark, do, 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 baby shark. <laughs> uh, take a look at her record real quick. Go Six on down one. her last fights. Yeah, go and take a look Let's at her last down. fights. Who was her last fight? So um, her only loss, Maria Oliveira, is yeah. to. Mano Faro, who's on fire right now and who the UFC yeah, is really pushing big time from France. That's yeah. her only loss. She's tough. I'm telling you. All right. It's going to be a good fight. It's it's a great match. Fireworks. Let's go. Let's see some fireworks. It's a good one. There you go. All right. Let's go to Ladies the next fight. Next fight. Eric Anders versus uh, Jung Yong Park. Jung Yong Park's yeah. got power. Jung Yong yeah. Park's got, he's, that dude's, he's got power in his hands. Eric Anders, just an unbelievable athlete, good, you know, good fighter and everything, but he's got to he's got to stay away from the power of Park. He's mm-hmm. got that one shot blast that he can definitely hurt you. Now, we've seen Anders take some big shots before. He had that fight with uh, Khalil Roundtree, where I mean, Ugh. he got the one round. I couldn't believe he survived. He took so many big shots, but you know, no, he's no got heart. <laughs> That's when your face looks like this, right? Yeah. Give me the up kick, right? Yeah, you got to push it a lot more, but that's uh, a <laughs> it's it's a good it's a it's a really good. I want matchup. that to be my uh, I want that to be my my what, what are they name? called? My my thumbnail. <laughs> thumbnail. Yeah, for this for this one, that'll be my thumbnail. Uh, okay. <laughs> Joseph Holmes. <laughs> I can't remember what what's Joseph Holmes' freaking nickname. Uh, uh, Ugly, I can't think of it. Ugly Joe. Look up Joseph Holmes. Joseph Holmes. Uh, ugly Joe Holmes. Is. I think it's Ugly Joe ugly, Holmes. Ugly Joe Holmes. Holmes. He fought. Awesome. He fought in Bellator along with ugly his man. opponent. Ugly man. Ugly man. See, there you go. That's so awesome. ugly man. Joe Holmes. Very much. He's, like fought, he's fighting Alan Amadovsky, and he fought in Bellator for a while too. He was a. Uh, he was undefeated in Bellator, and then he lost. Uh, like, but that's that's a good matchup. Yes, you know who I like? I like Parker Porter, man. Yeah, for a guy built like that, dude, he's a big old dude. He just keeps coming though. He's he's fucking he's talented. For, I, the, it's all gas tanks, Joe. I mean, you got to look at it right now. All gas you, tank, Josh. All gas tank. All of it. Yeah, you you have a pretty big gas tank, then, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I just like Parker. When, when I when I watched him fight, I watched what those last two fights. It seems like for such a big guy, he is extremely mobile. Yeah. Like, uh, what's his he name? Like, uh, the well. one we were talking about earlier, DeCastro. He's the same thing. Yeah. Both of these guys, they don't look the body frame, but, man, they can move. They can move. I mean, and I love watching Parker Porter fight because he, he, he'll he mix it all up. He's, he'll use a little, utilize a little bit of wrestling, but he's down to throw down. I mean, to me, I love watching heavyweights that, that are like that, that look like that, but still have a gas tank. I, I, was, a, I was a big fan of Paul Bonatello because he, he was a chubby the little guy. The big burrito, baby. The big burrito, yeah, the that guy. He, would, he never, he never ate, he never ate good. He just came in, trained, <laughs> half-assed his training. I'm surprised he could ever get through three or three or five rounds of training. That guy fought. That guy fought everybody. He didn't care. He's like, yeah, sure, I'll take it. Whatever. He was fighting every weekend. Didn't matter. If it was he a stand-up stuck. fight, he was in it. Yeah, he got pretty good at takedown defense. He just had a hard time against the top-level guys when it came to his takedowns. But man, he can knock people out. Man, he was his point. His time he was on point, and he could throw his, uh, his j- uppercut yeah, left. He had hook. a beautiful jab. 
jab, beautiful jab, right to the uppercut, left hook. It was like pop, 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 pop. And then uh, I, uh, I've cornered him a bunch of times, probably 10, 15 times I cornered Paul. But uh, he was, it was for what I cornered him in Hawaii against something in Montana. He got that head kick knockout. His fucking head, he knocked out a heavyweight with five. I was like, how the hell, where'd you get that shit from? How'd you get your foot you. up that high? He's like, bro, I was watching you. This was before the, the Nate fight and stuff, but I used to throw a lot of head kicks with my lead leg. That's exactly what he did. Boom, right out of the button. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. All right, well, hey, that's going to wrap up our UFC talk, and uh, we're going to jump. Wait, you know what? Will this young kid still be around? Chase, Chase Hooper. Chase, ah. Uh. He takes too much damage. He, yes, I don't he think does. he's grown into his body yet. He's talented. There's no doubt. There's a lot of hype around him. Yep. But he's someone that I don't think is fully matured in terms of muscular and but his body style doesn't allow him to do it i think they got to really dial him back slow play him give him but they have they're they're trying they're trying they are you know you you gotta look and you gotta say yeah they're trying but it it, it's one of those i understand why they like him and and i like him and he's the kid is tough you gotta give it to him he is tough but he is taking a lot of damage early on in his career and that is not a good thing. So it's yeah. got to be that they, like you said, they got to play it right. But he's just got to he's got to improve in certain areas because his ground game is great. He is yeah, super it's good great, on the ground. He, I think Johnny really needs to find some sort of strength and conditioning coach to really build his strength because he seems <laughs> yeah. he seems like a spaghetti noodle out there. He is a spaghetti noodle out there. He's uh, freaking know. what close to six foot tall and at featherweight. Jeez, man. But he is so he is talented on the ground. He is. But he has no wrestling, though, either, John. That's the other thing. Well, it's because he came from He's just got... straight jujitsu background. Yeah, those days are kind of gone. Yeah, you know? well. I mean, you've got to be at that top level of jujitsu to be entering in. How tall is Chase Hooper? Buchecha. Pull that up there, Dave. 6'1". Uh, 6'1". Six one. Six one. Six one. See? 6'1". That's what I said, man. 22 years old. Yeah, and uh, it's um, Ben Askren's son. Yeah, <laughs> he did. Yeah. He did. The, he did that with yeah. Masvidal. That yeah, was that great. Was he goes, "Oh, you knocked out my dad, huh?" This <laughs> Masvidal, I'm like, "What?" I'm, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> so good, so good. All right, guys, wait. That's gonna wrap up our UFC talk, and uh, there's three fights coming up this weekend. So Friday night is. You've got P. Uh, no, sorry. You've got one, one FC. One FC. You've got Eagle, Eagle FC. FC. And then you've also got UFC on Saturday. So make sure you guys all tune in, and uh, we will be the. We'll do the recap on those on probably on Sunday. But John, Dave, let's get into some news. All right. This first one I have for you guys. Uh, I want to get your reaction to Michael Chandler's comments. Obviously, you guys work for Bellator, right? And Michael Chandler's coming away. Uh, after this Tony Ferguson um, knockout <laughs> and he's on a high and he was interviewed and made a comment that um, that the reason he didn't cut these types of promos um, that the interviewer said was amazing uh, is when he didn't do it in Bellator is because he didn't need to because there wasn't he wasn't out to, <laughs> to compete against the best. Hmm. All right, let, 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 let's be clear about this. First off, the promo he cut was awesome. It was. Yeah. I thought. I thought he did a great job, but he did the same thing when he was in Bellator at times. Yeah. Michael is this. Michael is. I'm gonna be with the one that brung me now, and he when he was with Bellator, like he was a great spokesman for Bellator. 
He was awesome. He would talk up Bellator. He would talk up the fighter. He's not with Bellator, and he's with the UFC, and his job is to talk up mm-hmm. the UFC, and that's what he's doing. And you know, you're gonna get a lot of people who say, he's, "Oh, he's like a shill," you know, and he's just trying to, you know, I've heard, you know, all kinds. Of, he's just he's riding Dana's balls. He's an employee of Dana White, and that's who pays him well, and that's his paycheck, and so. It's okay. Say what you're going to say. That's his job. His job is to make everyone believe that where he is fighting and the people that he is fighting and that he, they're the very best. Now, if you go back and you just take a look at records, you'll find out that if what he's saying is true, then he's lost to those people because he had quite a few losses in Bellator because there's good fighters everywhere. Just the way it is. Yeah, like normally this is gives me an opportunity to rip on Michael, but look, in in all fairness, in all fairness, it's though, his job. the the promo he cut was amazing. It was, okay? and I'm happy for I'm I'm happy for him in that situation. Like he did a good job. The timing was on point. Okay, um, to move on to, he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. There okay? you go. He he was that way for Bellator. He did a good job in front of the mic. He was he was always considering himself professional. Look, this is what I want. I want people to. When Scott Coker took over Bellator, he gave me a call. He's like, "Hey, I've got, I've got two guys." You know, we were talking. He's like, "Hey, which guy do you? Which guy is extremely marketable?" He had Michael Chandler, and then he had Will, Will Brooks. Brooks. And I plainly told him, I said, "This is before I had all my stuff with Chandler that where we don't get along." This before I even this before I went to Bellator. This was just me and Coker just talking about. Hey, he's got two guys. One's his champion, which was Will Brooks at the time. Will Brooks had already beat him, I think, twice. Twice. And he had Michael Chandler, and he asked me. He's like, you know, they're both good. You know, he's like, but it's like, who? Do, which one do I spend? The, you know, the time and the effort on trying to build. And I looked. It took me two seconds to say, I follow Will Brooks on social media. All he is is negative. Okay. Sure, he's ever. a great he's a great fighter, but it's always woe is me. Oh, I want more. Oh, he all he does is talk trash on social media. And never focuses on the actual issues, and it was always crying about everything. Boy, did you say I that said, right? Michael Chandler is the opposite of that. Always positive on social media. Always talking about all these things to help build your promotion. All of these things I said, and not to mention, you know, um, he, he's a good looking guy. Speaks well. You can use him later on in terms of you know and cutting promos and use and he's a fucking dynamic fighter. He also has a ton of history with Eddie Alvarez, who at the time was doing well in the UFC. I said that reason for to keep him not just they were never he was never going to let him go, but I said and who you want to build up. That's that's a reason to keep it because he's a guy that he fights his ass off every single time. Doesn't matter who it is. He fights his ass off. Sometimes he wins. Sometimes he loses. He takes everyone serious, but he fights his ass off. You can't you, look. I I have dislike for him for specific reasons. I've never said that he's not a t- that he's not a talented fighter. I've never said anything negative in terms of his abilities, any of that stuff, and I never will. He is a great uh, he is a great fighter, and I've said that. And I even said when he goes to the UFC, he's going to give a lot of those guys in the top five. He's going to give them problems. Yeah, which he's you done. know I. You know, and then that's which is he done now? Sure, you know he had he came up short against two other guys, but I also think that his mentality now that he's settled in there is going to change. 
you know, he's going to start making some focuses on, hey, these are the guys that now I'm competing against, and he'll make some adjustments, and I think you're going to see him come back. He'll make a run at the title. He will make a legit run at the title as long as he gets away from fighting really, really stupid. Now, <laughs> like, I'm going to go back to this as well, you guys. I have never once, not once, said that Bellator had the best fighters in the world. I have said, though, and I will continue to say this over and over again, there are good fighters in every organization. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to I'm going to stop and I'm going to I'm going to continue to say this. I'm going to stop with the Bellator and UFC back and forth. I'm not going to do that anymore. There are really good fighters in PFL. Clay Collard has proven that he is a really good fighter. He's beaten Jeremy Stevens, he's beaten Anthony Pettis, and he's beat them handily. Now, don't get me wrong, the Jeremy Stevens fight was a really good fight, but Clay won. He walked him down through body shots. Same thing with Anthony Pettis. Look, there are good fighters. You know, they're like, oh, well, those guys are old and washed up. Those guys were beating 170 pounders when they left. Not sorry, not Stevens, but, not Steve. yeah. but Pettis. Pettis got a win over a 170 pounder who was ranked in the top five. He knocked so out Stephen Thompson. Exactly. That's what I just said. But but that's the point. The point is, look, these guys are fighting guys in a weight class above. There are good fighters everywhere. Michael Chandler's doing a good job cutting a promo for his for his organization he's with now and for Dana. That all being said, let's go back to Michael Chandler has Dana White privilege. <laughs> that's the best part. <laughs> Tony Ferguson, you got Dana White privilege. <coughs> no, but he gets that privilege because of the way he fights. That's one thing. And the way he because promotes. Because of the things he says, the that's way right. he promotes. And I'm going to be honest, man, he's a good-looking kid that fights his ass off every single time. When you speak well got a good look to you and you fight your ass off what's not what's not to like about him in terms of if you're a promoter that's it you know the other way that i look at it too with 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 scott coker it is very hard to tell people that you have a guy that is the best in the world if he is your champion at 155 who just got knocked out by patricio that's the other that's the other reason why i think that scott let him go i can't do anything with you anymore yeah. you just lost to 145 pounder and you got knocked out that's the hard part. Scott was put in a weird situation. Now I let you, I let Patricio come up and fight you. You got knocked out by my 145 pounder. Now what do I do with you? I can't go and say that Michael Chandler is better than the UFC guys. Let him go prove it. So in a promotional point, I had to, he had to let him go. He had to I let agree. him go. I agree. There's nothing you, you, I can't market you to say like, oh, I have the best 55 pounder. No, I don't. I don't. My 45 pounder knocked him out. <laughs> That's the hard part. That's so, look, I, um, I had a long talk with his manager this last week when we were in London, you know, Dave Martin I had a long talk with Logan Storley, you know, as well, a little bit about, you know, the, his career path, not just him and Logan and everyone else from Sanford MMA. He's, they've got a lot of good studs, man, but Michael Chandler's making a good run. He's doing a good job of promoting himself and promoting himself and Dana and them, they're in love with him. And I think he's always be. loved They've always loved him, just like they always said, oh, Eddie's not fighting when Eddie, Eddie came over and won the UFC belt. Look, like that proves right there, not just strike force guys okay, that can come in and become champions. Eddie came in, became champion. Chandler's going to come in, try to become champion. I don't know if he'll get it done or not, but he's going to try to do it. it can, there's good guys across the board. There's not a Bellator comparison. There's guys in PFL. There's guys in one, especially the littler guys. Yeah. Those guys in one are fucking nasty good. And DJ is finding out right now. Eddie's finding out too. Eddie's finding out as well. 
they are both finding out that it's tough, man. It's tough over there because those kids, those kids over there in one are fucking just nasty on the feet. Maybe not good on the ground, but just nasty on the feet. So that should answer all that question. That's enough. That's enough about the rant. That's enough. Dana privilege. Dana privilege. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I thought that was great when Tony said that. All right, guys. Uh, No, it's guys. But uh, no, then he said it wasn't funny. He said it wasn't funny. (laughs) What's next? All right. This next story. Um, John Jones, uh, John Jones's um, training partner, um, has come out and basically said that Jones has three fights left um, in the UFC. You know, before he calls it a career, uh, Jorgen De Castro, um, he said, um, Ngannou, let's see, it says uh, he can. Conf- Jones confided in him that he will likely fight three more times before he calls it a career. So you know, trust Jones, trusting the right guys over here. And Garnet will be out nine months to fix his knee and then need six more months in camp. Jones will already be 35 and Francis will be what? I think Jones fights once or twice more. He told me he'll fight three times and that's it. But if he does fight in Garnet, it's hard to go against Jones. And then he also said he'll walk through Stipe. Yeah. <clears throat> go ahead and say it because it all comes down to this simple term. If you're his training partner, shut up. You don't put that information out. Don't yeah. put any information out. That's not your place. If John Jones wants to put out, hey, I'm, I'm going to do three fights and I'm done, then John Jones can do it. That's that's his It's his career, and he can say those things. But a training partner, just talking about how good he is or anything like that, that's great. Don't talk about, oh, he's, he's already told me he's only got three fights left. The promoter doesn't want to know that. Yeah. Well, well, excuse me. The promoter no, he does does, does want to know that, want to. but doesn't want to hear that, and yeah. then doesn't want to put anything behind putting that person into these positions where, mm-hmm. oh, he's going to be my champion, he's going to walk away. <clears throat> I just look at it, and it's like, look, if John Jones wants to retire in three fights, great, do it. But training partners, you don't 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 be saying anything about what that guy is going to be doing or what he said to you. That's Again, what's what what happens in the gym stays in the gym. It's the same thing with the conversations. That all stays between you two. We don't talk about Bruno. Bruno. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know that. I'm sure Dave does. He's got two young kids. Yeah. We don't talk about Bruno. Anyways. Uh, I know the song and say that. Yes, I'm sure you do, buddy. <laughs> I think I agree with John. Uh when it comes to look, I talk about stuff from the AKA days, but those are old, old it's, times. It's times have already passed. Yeah. Um, but in this situation, like the, he's still active, he still needs to make money and Dana might be like, okay, well, sure. I'll give him a title shot, but then I got to try to find someone to beat him as soon as possible. Cause he's going to retire in three fights, you know, promoters schedule their way around how they're going to promote that fighter. If they're going to be champion for a long period, you know, um, I also, I'm a little, I look, I know we're talking about John Jones, the way that I look at it though, John, he's been away for three years. Close. He's been away longer than Henry Cejudo has been away. That's right. And so when you're talking about that, like, I know that he's coming back and he's probably the most talented fighter we've ever seen step foot in that cage in terms of skill level and, you know, just ability. His mindset is fucking phenomenal. All of those things. (laughs) Will we get the same John Jones? That amount of rust, that amount of time off. Do you can he just turn it on against top level competition? Can he do it after three years off? 
that's hard to get. And then not only that, you're not doing it against people that that are your size anymore. You're doing it against guys that hit harder, guys that can push you around, maybe guys that can bully you around a little bit that are just as big. And Gon was a big, big, big guy. Now, may I know he's not fighting him for a while, but Stipe is not a small fry either. No, you know. So uh, it's like I'm looking at the guys in the heavyweight division. You know, Cyril Gon, he's a huge guy. Tom Aspinall, he's athletic. And so Cyril, both of those guys, they're big and they're athletic. These guys are fast, big, and athletic. Jones, he's going to have his hands full when he gets to that heavyweight division with those top three, four fighters. I agree. If you if you go to his career as a light heavyweight, it's always been the guys that were close to his size, that were longer, that were taller, that gave him the most trouble. Yeah. They, that Reyes, was, you have Don, uh, Reyes, and then you've Reyes, got uh, and Gustafson. Gus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they were the ones that it. You just look at John having issues in the fight. Those were the guys that did it. So all the guys that he's going to be fighting, you know, in the heavyweight division are going to be of that length, that size. So it can cause him a problem. But like you said, let's be on. There, there is ring rust. We call it cage corrosion. When you haven't been in the cage for a while. John just made that shit up. But <laughs> it's, it's cage corrosion. It's a beautiful term. But it's a matter of he still is one of the most talented guys I've ever yeah. seen in there. And although people can say what they want about what he does on the outside or anything, inside of that cage, his fight IQ is incredible. Yeah. Incredible. He I can agree. change. He can do things. He alters. You watch him set things up. You see how he can compute what's going on and where where a guy is uh, making a mistake that he can take advantage of he's just remarkably good just remarkably good remarkably smart inside that cage and uh yeah i, I just look at it he's a handful for anyone but if you're a training partner keep it between you and john if you told you something yeah and i'll Sorry, and man. i can say like i'm gonna say this look i got in trouble with yeah, I didn't get in trouble with Lorenzo. Lorenzo Fertitta used to talk to me a lot, and he would tell me things. And on a podcast, I said something that he had told me about Conor McGregor, and yet he was having a hard time signing him. And it was for this much money, and it was, and I put it out. And I shouldn't have done it. It was a mistake. Yeah, that's that was between. You know, Lorenzo told me that I should never have said it. It was, you know. I'm, I'm giving out information like, oh, well, you, you guys need to know this. No, you don't need to know it. I yeah, made, I made that mistake, and your and if you it's Jorgen saying that, Jorgen's making a mistake by saying it. he just needs to keep it between the two. There's been a lot of I don't want to say friendships broken up. I mean, you look, you go back in history, look at uh, Josh Koscheck and Javier Mendez. Man, oh never once I don't think they've ever spoke to each other ever again after that whole. That was a horrible relationship. That fucking thing just it. Busted up. You that know, was, Dave Camarillo, Dave Camarillo left the gym, and then then right after Dave Dave left the gym, that whole thing happened. It just it was a li- already a rift because Dave left, and Cost was like, "Why did he leave? We should pay him more. We should do that." Like it was a it was a battle back and forth of what's going on, and it was and that just was like overflowed, and it man. just got worse. Oh, and worse. They've and never worse. talked to this day ever. This They've never horrible. talked to this day. They never will. Yeah, they never will. But Josh Kostek just had a baby boy, man. Hey, good for him, him, man. Happy for him. Happy, happy for him. So, yep. He's a, he's, people give him, man, he's a good guy. <laughs> he, he lived with me for years. 
And uh, he was rough around the edges a little bit. But when it came down to it, he's someone that, you know, um, if I needed something, and not a lot of fighters could I be like, hey, I need this, and they would do it. Even though they live with you under your roof, just try to eat all your food, do a, fucking run up your bills. They do all that shit. They wouldn't do shit for you, right? This dude, he would be like, no, I got you, man. Don't worry. Like, we'll take care of it, whatever. Like, it didn't matter if you needed something. He's like, I can do it. Yeah, let's go. I'll help you with it. Yeah. He was he was one of the best training partners. He'd give you the shit off his back. He'd give you rounds. It You know, after he'd done his whole workout, he'd give you rounds. He'd give you grappling rounds, sparring rounds. He'd work to you. If you were tired, he'd go ahead and let you piece him up a little bit, you know, give you some confidence. He was a great training partner. One of the best. So um, people don't give him enough credit, so I'll have to give him a little shout. All right. Uh, what else you got? All right. I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, MVP's comments regarding the fight. Just that, you know, a few days removed from this, uh, MVP came out and said that um, he he knew he was he knew he knew was down at round, the round four. He was talking in his corner. They said he think he was down and... He basically like knew the fight was going to go against them based on the way that Logan was um was holding him down, um and he's, he his comments were that he didn't MVP said I came to win and win big whereas Logan came to just survive um and you know he's talked about the lack of injury or damage um after after the fight. Yeah. Okay, look, I want to clarify something, you guys. I wasn't comparing the other day because I do read the comments. I know John doesn't, but I've told you guys a hundred times I read the comments. I wasn't comparing the fight between Mazadal and, and Colby. That fight was a good fight. A lot of people gave it flack that it wasn't super exciting. I thought it was a good fight. There was stand-up involved. There was wrestling involved. The control was there. But a lot of people, I'm saying that people dogged that fight because it was a lot of wrestling. It was him just controlling Mazadal on the ground. I wasn't comparing the two fights. People are going to say that this fight was boring because Logan Story was able to wrestle him, hold him. They're not they're not they're not the same fights. Just want to make sure we're clear. There was a lot more stand up in that fight. This fight in this situation, Logan Story is a stud wrestler who found a way to find to get the win. And at the end of the day, he doesn't give a shit what anyone says on the internet. He doesn't care what I say, <laughs> doesn't care what John says. He is now the interim champion. Okay? That's it. You know, and everyone's like, oh, I want to see him fight Amosov. I want to see that fucking fight too. Okay, that fight, because their first fight, if you guys haven't watched it, was freaking amazing. There was, like I said, two ferrets on the ground getting after it. Logan was in a lot of trouble in submission damage and in submission problems. And then he had Amazon And he also had Amazon in trouble and some stuff. Look, there was a lot of, there was a lot of good exchanges in that fight. And in the end, the two of them were so tired from all the wrestling that they ended up having to stand almost the whole third round because... Neither one of them could take each other down. And that says a lot about Amosov going against someone who's a six-time state champ and a four-time All-American from Minnesota. He is a stud when it comes to wrestling. You guys don't, no one gives MVP the credit he deserves. The guy, you're always a can. No, he's not. Look at how, look at how guys like, look at how guys and females, Holly Holm, I just mentioned this earlier. You've got Stephen Thompson. You've got Leota uh, Machida. Would you, certain... would you not like to see Stephen Thompson versus MVP? That would be the fight. That's how I've always wanted to see that oh fight. My God, to me, that would be, be a great incredible. fight. Oh, I want to incredible. see that fight. But those, t those, That chain of fighters, they can make a fight look easy to them. The way that they fight, they make that fight look easy. Look how Holly Holm destroyed Ronda Rousey. She made it look easy. After everyone, I, even some of the top announcers said, oh, Ronda could be in boxing. She could probably knock out a guy. Oh, no. She, they, hold it. She could fight Floyd Mayweather. Wasn't that coming yeah, up at the time? That was, so, like, let's be real. <laughs> let's crazy? be honest. 
MVP is good. He just has a hard time with wrestlers. Paul Daly, 35 knockouts, hard time with wrestlers. Guys are just either really good at one thing in terms of on the feet. MVP is a problem for anybody he fights. They're all going to try to find a way to take him down. Bottom line, no different than how they fight Steven Thompson. No different than how they fight Machida. All of those things. He, I can't say that he's not right. Logan didn't come to survive. He came to win. But exactly what he did was win. Yeah, and but, now he's the interim champion, and he's walking away with the title with the potential of fighting Amazon. But let's let's talk about. <laughs> you're the perfect person to understand this. In that, sometimes what you think you're going to be able to do during a fight, and what yeah. you're actually able to do based upon the person that you're fighting, are completely different. Logan Storley did not go into that fight looking to just wrestle, and control position what he found was he found a guy that was incredibly long even longer than he thought super fast was able to touch him at a distance that he was not expecting and that even when he got him to the ground realized he's so damn long I can't grab his wrist I can't reach out and get the things that I need to get to put his back on the canvas it was a frustrating fight for him because now he's just, your mind is working so much into, let me get this position and then let me attack him. And then when you can't get him to that position, now it's like I, you keep on working and you keep on working to get to the position. You can go back to fights like John Jones when he fought Dan Cormier the first time. I, I said it, you know, John Jones was beating Dan. But it almost got to the point where Dan Cormier was so upset that John Jones took him down that his whole thing wasn't to win the fight at the end. It was, I have to take you down. And you could see it. That was what he was working towards. Yeah. And he finally, you know, he does the takedown and John pops right back up. But you look and you go, guys are different when all of a sudden you practice, you think you know, you bring guys in, and then this guy is just a different freaking animal than what you're used to. Of course MVP went in there to knock him out. That was his way of winning the fight. Of course he's looking to inflict damage. That's how he wins fights. He inflicts damage with these strikes that come from all these different angles, and he's fast, and he's just incredibly explosive. Of course, that's what he's looking to do. Logan Storley is looking to take you down, control position, and beat you up on the ground. He wasn't able to beat MVP up on the ground. No doubt about that. MVP was able to nullify most of what Logan was able to do. It's just that MVP wasn't able to get his ass back to his feet. And now I don't blame him for that. He's got a guy that's a incredibly, you know, outstanding grappler on top of him, but he was able to nullify the damage. He just couldn't get himself back to his feet. So this is how the fight played out. Was it a great fight? Of course not. It wasn't a great fight. Absolutely. Not. But Logan Storley went there to fight and win. Michael Venom Page went there to fight and win. They obviously went in there knowing that it was going to be in a, in a different you know, form, but it just ends up that Michael could not keep himself from being taken down. He couldn't get himself back to his feet, and time ended up being his enemy as far as he wasn't able to land that big shot you know, that was going to hurt Logan during one of those takedown attempts. So the fight is what it is. You know, I heard people say it was a robbery. It wasn't a robbery. You know, you could have gone either way with people, and and that's fine. I've I've heard you know people going both ways. 
if you look at the criteria, most of that fight was in the grappling realm. That means that that's your first criteria, and Logan won the majority of those rounds, at least three of them, compared to to uh, MVP. So yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, you brought up mentality. Look, it's it's hard to deal with someone who's that long. It's hard to deal with someone who's that fast. It's hard to deal with someone that has has a uh, big hands, hands for risk control. Yeah. And I'm gonna give you guys look an example from my own career, which was the Tony Ferguson fight. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take this guy down. His jiu-jitsu is not good enough. He's not going to damn it. Like, it's not going to be any problem. That very first takedown changed the way I fought the fight. As yeah. soon as I hit the double leg, I was like, oh, this is easy. And hit he the ground right and rolled away, it. and I'm like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> like, it really it really changed. Right after sure. that, I was like, okay. I was like, forget it. I don't, need to, I don't need to take him down. I'll just fucking stand on the feet. Then the push kick started coming. Then the long jab started coming. I was like, this is a lot different than I was planning on fighting. I didn't train as much for the stand-up. I, I did train as much for the stand-up, but my mentality was take him down, press him to the fence, do the work. If he stands back up, mat return, do more damage, elbows, pass guard, mount. I knew I could do all those things. That very first takedown that he defended, I was like, shit. Changed your this, opinion. This changed the way I fought right off the bat. The uh, fact that Logan Storley didn't allow that to happen to him based off of the speed, the reach, the movement, all of those things, that mentally proved that he is in the right area of, look, this is what he needs to become champion. His whole focus was to become the champion. Because guess what? His next fight, whether it be Douglas Lima or whether it be Jason Jackson, he's going to take them down. But both of those guys don't fight like MVP. The fear on the feet is not as much. Don't get me wrong. They're both nasty on the feet. But the speed and the reach and all those it's things, the way they and the do movement, it. the way they do it is different. They yeah. fight more of a traditional style of fight. Yeah. He will stand with them a little bit more in inserting into the takedowns. When he gets to the top, they will be more active on not just getting up, but trying to use sweeps, trying to use arm bars, trying to use submissions. MVP is not that guy. He will continue just to try to get up, which potentially can make for a boring fight because there's no threat of striking from either fighter. One fighter's trying to get the takedown. Other fighter's trying to get up, not really striking. That's what makes it a boring fight. Lima will either try to get up or Lima will just stay in his guard and strike from the bottom like he has been doing lately. Okay? And Jason Jackson. Jason Jackson is a dog. He will just he will do anything to get back to his feet. And he will continue. And he may even try to reverse you and get on top. Jason's a very well-rounded fighter. And the good thing is the two of them know each other. That should make for a fun fight because when you know each other, you already know how hard they hit. You're not, you're not worried about, oh, God, if he's going to hit me, he's going to knock me out. You are. Or maybe you, you know are. how fast he is. <laughs> the hardest part is when you walk into a cage. When you walk into a cage, one of the hardest things is that first fill-out period. How fast is he? That first initial shot. Ooh, did it hurt? Those are things that fighters don't know about each other. Well, these two know about it. Yeah. That's why, like, my fights with Gilbert were so, I think, were good. Because we already knew how hard each other hit. We already knew how how good their cardio was. We already knew that they'd be there in the fifth round. I already knew all these things about him, how fast he was. There was no concern. I knew it all. I was already prepared for it all. So it made it easier just to engage. So you could see an absolute barn burner of a fight with Jason Jackson and Logan Storley. You could see a good one, too, with um, with Lima and him. Can he take the leg kicks from Douglas Lima? And when Amosov comes back, I don't think you'll see anything but a great fight because Amosov's trying to hit submissions from all different angles. He's anaconda from his butt, darts is from the side. I mean, like, he's he's trying to hit everything, knee bars when he rolls through. I mean, he makes for a fun fight. To me, he's very action-packed. Um, but overall, 
MVP is very difficult to deal with, yeah. just like how um, Machida, just like how Holly Holm is, just how all these fighters are that have a lot of movement. They're they're always going to be hard and difficult to deal with. Yep. Next one. All right. Uh, we'll wrap up on this one. I'm going to lump these two together. Um, We're lumping. So Dust, <laughs> Dustin Poirier uh, did an interview this week, and he talked about having been offered the Nate Diaz fight twice this year already, and he just doesn't know why it's not materializing. Um, and then he also talked. He also mentioned that um, he was offered the Colby Covington fight as well. So he's saying that he wants to fight. If he basically like he doesn't want to fight Colby because he doesn't want Kobe making money off him. But if he doesn't accept the Kobe fight, he's going to be sitting until the end of the year. He doesn't want to do that either. Um, and then he's saying that the Nate fight was offered to him twice, but he just he isn't getting any follow-up um, to, as to whether the deal's getting done. So what do you think about the Nate fight, the Kobe fight? What's going on behind the scenes with the Nate fight? Why can't we get it done? For, what's going on with Dustin Poirier? Don't know. That's don't a know. Dana White question. Is, there you go. So this is this guy. Question. He's balding. Uh, he does a lot of press conferences. He should be able to answer those questions. I don't know why, you know, if yeah. if they've offered it twice to him, it means that Nate didn't want it. Maybe I don't know if he's if he accepted it. But the whole th the one thing I will say is this: when he's sitting there saying he doesn't want Colby to make money off of him, that's not the way to look at it. Yeah, you're making money off of Colby. You know, that's yeah. But I mean, like, there's a good chance Colby beats him. Look, they they know they've been in the gym together. They know where they're strong and they know where you know they're weak against each other. So that may be exactly what it is. Maybe it's that he he doesn't have the confidence going against Colby in that. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it is either. But the the fight I'd like to see is him and Nate. There's no doubt about that. Um, but then there's also something else I'm going to throw out there. We just talked about MVP, but I want to talk about Stephen Thompson. Stephen Thompson said, "Hey, I'll be your Huckleberry." Said, I'm down to fight at 170. Let's do it. I'm down to watch that fight too. I like Steven Thompson. I think Dustin's a Steven great, Thompson. great kid, man. I'd love to see that fight. That'd be a good fight. Would be. You know, I mean, you're not as with good, someone. Not as good as MVP versus Waterboy. I like that. No, one. <laughs> no, but not, I don't think that fight would be as good as Nate and, and, and Dustin either. So, but I mean, if, if Steven Thompson is willing to say, hey, come up to 170, because Dustin said he's willing to fight at 170. I'd like to see that fight. Yeah. I want to see Steven. I mean, let, I want to see Dustin fight, period. You know, and I like watching Steven fight. So let's watch the two of them fight against each other if Nate's not going to take the fight or if the fight's not being presented to uh, Dustin and Nate. But the fight to make, honestly, is is Dustin and Nate. That's the fight to make. I would love to see that fight. I'd like to see it too. You know, um, what else? Is that it? It's it. We're That's done. It. Go to WayneInPodcast.com, WayneInPodcast.com. There is no promo code for that, but we've got our OG logo, Wayne In. That comes on a white shirt, hoodie, sweaters, sweatshirts, all of this other stuff. So we've also got all of our home improvements. Sweaters. We don't have sweatshirts. sweaters. Okay. We have right. sweatshirts. We have hoodies. Right. We don't have sweaters. You know what? Do we you, will do have you, a sweater do you now. Wear just like a sweater I vest. Yeah. Do you wear like a sweater vest? <laughs> I used to a long time ago. <laughs> I used to when I was young. I think I was in high school. I used yeah, to wear okay. them. They were kind of popular for a while. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. And then, yeah, we've got hoodies. We've even got a coffee mug that says Wayne in on it. So check out all of our merch. See what you guys like. Please post a picture of you guys wearing it. Send it to us or tag us in it on Twitter or Instagram. We will repost it. We want to thank you guys for continuing to supporting us and our show. And... We're working on something that might be a big deal. So if I can get this deal together, 
it'll be awesome for John and I to be doing. So we're working on this deal and hopefully it all comes to fruition. That's a little teaser for you guys coming teaser. up. Teaser, teaser, teaser. So I'm pumped for that. But John. Yes. For everyone out there, have fun watching the fights. There should be some really good fights this week. And look for Friday and Saturday night. Both some great action. Have fun. Be kind to everyone out there. Do something good for someone just because you can and make their day special. And we will see you. We'll